1: I'm Ryan Spagnoli joined with me, 98.5, the sports subs, Alex Barth, Barth, I'm back. I'm ready to go. Yep. And, um, you know, what a better way to, to come back until probably, you know, other than the draft and, and first day of free agency, like two years ago, this may be the busiest day of the year when it comes to coverage. It seems like, you know, once you get your thoughts out on somebody that's cut, there's three more coming in. So, um, I guess, how you doing to, to start off and, uh, you know, any initial thoughts?
0: Yeah, you know, it's a busy day. And I mean, we're still waiting. I, I, I we said it right before we came on. I think there's like eight or nine cuts left to go. We're starting to kind of get those reports that you get later on in the day today of guys who made the team. We've heard Sam Roberts, Joshua Bledsoe are the two guys we know who were bubble guys for sure that are on the roster. So we'll see. I mean, hopefully we get the full roster here early on in the show. We can kind of relax. What's react? To what's happened already? I think I have the list here. I think there's really only a couple more spots that are truly up in the air. Guys who haven't been announced as cuts, who I think we can say pretty comfortably are cuts. Matt Sokol, Jalen Widemeyer, uh Daniel Aquale. They just have to move him onto another list because he's suspended. So he, I mean. He's not going anywhere, but that's you know, an announcement waiting that's on. That's
1: 59 right there. I think it's at 62 and right then, now.
0: And then Brad Hawkins and, and Tristan Vizcaino. So the guys who are still up in the air to me are Christian Wilkerson, Yasir Durant, Chasen Hines, Demarcus Mitchell. Um, I'm going to say Pierre Strong safe. I'm just going to say that. That uh, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I feels safe. Uh, Yadni Kajus, Justin Huron Carl Davis. LeBron Ray, wow. I know Mike was on here. You know when Mike filled in on the show on Monday, he insisted Jelani Tavaya is going to get cut. He's safe. That's not going to happen. Even though we haven't heard definitively.
1: And Sam um, Roberts made the team. I think I saw that correctly. That's that's a report from Mark. Did Daniels, I say Sam I Roberts? I thought no, I, didn't. I,
0: I didn't mean to. If I did, okay. He's. I'm on. thinking. I'm here. Though, um, <laughs> Sean Wade is is still kind of up in the air. If you want to say Cody Davis, I think he's safe. But if you want to say Cody Davis, so that's what the bubble is right now.
1: Yeah, as, I think too. Once you saw Bethel go, I think you could kind of make a note that Davis and Schooler were probably safe. So, I tried telling people this. I like everybody was like, "Oh, well, Cody Davis is
0: going to get cut because Brendan Schooler is going to make the team." They don't do the same thing. Cody Davis no. is an interior rusher; he's a personal protector. They they were and they had Schooler do some of that, but he was primarily um, a gunner. A gunner. So. Yeah. Like, I didn't think they would cut Bethel just because I think he's a leader on that team. I think he's somebody that's well-liked in the locker room. His contract was very affordable. But, yeah, if you were going to play that game, and I tried telling people this, if you're going to play that game with Brendan Schooler, it was Justin Bethel, not Cody Davis. So, people had the right idea. I guess they had the wrong player in that. Um, but I, I, I would be surprised at this point if Cody Davis goes. If he goes, that probably means, you know, Demarcus Mitchell's on. Uh, I I would say DeMarcus Mitchell would be the guy that would be on. If that's, if that's the direction they go, maybe one of those tight ends, you know, maybe Matt Sokol sneaks on as a third tight end and as a, a specialist, but I I would be pretty surprised by that. And I I know people always freak out when I look away, uh, during the show, this is where my, my Twitter feed is over here. So I'm just looking to see if there's any cuts.
1: Yeah. And, and feel free. You're, you're, you're yeah. on it faster than me. So if any, if I'm mid conversation, I don't care what I'm saying. Just Oh no, I'll, I'll cut it. Oh yeah. I
0: got to bring back. There used to be a, a horn I would play and it pissed Evan off beyond belief. We might have to bring, you can horn. bring it back. Um, I'll get it. I'll get no, it. No, but I guess
1: just to kind of go in and we can, uh, you know, start with, I think the offensive side of the ball, because to me there weren't many um, surprise cuts other than little Jordan Humphrey. Um, I thought today when Devin Asiasi, I, I wouldn't even say he was a surprise cut. I think no. you could kind of see that coming, especially the last few weeks. I had tweeted out today, and, and I had a busy day at work. But um, when Asiasi was released, I figured Humphrey was safe, right? Because we had seen him play, right? right? We talked about it. Not a not a tight end; he's not going to be listed on the depth chart as a tight end. But he did some things in certain formations that would make it seem like, hey, this kid, you know, he's probably going to be your TE three at a stretch if you need him. Um, and they go ahead and release him. I, that was a big surprise to me. Put him on the list of the, of the Austin cars of the, um, oh geez, I could keep going. Uh, who else am I missing? Those preseason guys, you just fall in love with it. Yeah. That do everything, um, right to make the team. And they shock you on cut down day. And I, I would be very surprised. And I don't know if something came out already. Um, I'd be surprised if they were able to get him back just because of the camp he had and, and, and what he was able to show from a, from a versatility standpoint. But your overall thoughts on that, because that one really surprised me, especially with Asi, Asi gone.
0: I don't know if they think they can get him back. You know, maybe they know something we don't about just how teams view him around the league. I think he gets claimed. Maybe they ultimately decided between him and, and Trey Nixon, they think they'll get one back. And, you know, you put them both in, you flood the market. They feel like they can get one back and still open up another spot somewhere. So maybe that's it. Like, I, it's a tough position to add externally at this time of year. Like, there's, we're going to talk about it. There's a couple positions where I'm going to say, you know, oh, there. I think there's an external addition coming. Um, oh, no, that's an old report. Somebody retweeted. Never mind. Um, you know, we're going to say there's an external addition coming. I think running back is a spot. You could see that. There are a lot of good running backs let go today. That market is pretty saturated right now offensive line we still need to see the final picture on that but that's a spot where you know they could add externally i think corner is wide receiver in theory is but it's so so tough to get anything out of a guy you add at that position at this stage of the year so i you know i i think one of those guys comes back i'm just i i am a little surprised that that they did move on from him because i don't think they're gonna get him back nixon they might and they might just say hey we're okay with that we're okay opening up both these roster spots we keep other people on yeah we might you know, lose Humphrey, but we can get Nixon back. That may, that may, or, or Christian Wilkerson too. We haven't heard anything on him yet. His situation is a little different because of the injury, that may be the other thing they may see. Cause originally we thought, you know, they're only going to be able to keep one of those guys, right. Between Humphrey, Nixon and Wilkerson. They may keep Wilkerson. IR him later today or tomorrow.
1: I was going to say, and, and, and then, then, then they
0: can maybe bring one of those guys back. And then you get two of those guys instead of one. So there's and- another move coming there. But yeah. I, I do think that they, at this point, I think they probably missed the boat on little Jordan Humphrey. I would be shocked with what he's shown and with his contract if he doesn't get claimed.
1: That, and you look at the wide like receivers, packer, right? Me. He, he's basically a packer at this point. Yeah, that, that'd be a good fit. I like that. For wide receivers, right, you have Myers, Bourne, uh, Aguilar.
0: Myers, Born, Aguilar, Parker, and Thornton.
1: Parker and Wilkerson, right? So you have six guys right there that right. But two of those guys potentially can't play week one. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So you're going into week one with at least five at that spot, right? You're, we're not going to count Matthew Slater. And like you said, Thornton's IR and, and Wilkerson, we haven't seen him since the joint practices. Right. His, his status seemed to be pretty, pretty major. Um, you know, I think it was a head injury. Who knows how long it takes him to get back. So like you said, if they were able to get, I mean, both of these guys back would be ideal, right? Like no right. one touches Humphrey. No one claims Nixon. You IR Thornton and, and, uh, and Wilkerson right away. And you got a decent five that the depth of that position uh, we knew coming down the stretch here, really, as camp started to heat up was very competitive, but you had the guys on the back end of that roster on the depth chart that, Hey, if, if guys go down, we have guys ability to play. Like I have no, I have no problem with, or or no worries if little Jordan Humphrey comes back or Trey Nixon comes back and he's the fourth or fifth wide receiver for four to six weeks. I think both of those guys have shown that they can play in a limited capacity, maybe Humphrey a little bit more just because of his experience, but don't be surprised if Nixon is activated and plays a little bit. Uh, We've seen him run a kind of a, um, a set route tree, I guess is the right say, right? That little, like three yard out that he's yeah. really good at running in the slot on third down and short. Like that's a route that they could utilize while they wait for, part, uh, for Thornton and, and Wilkerson to be back. And like I said, we're speculating now Wilkerson could be cut in five minutes. We have no idea. But just based right. on it right now, they got six wide receivers uh, that are uh, haven't been released yet. And, and really one of them, which is Wilkerson.
0: Well, I will shout out, I, I lost the comments. Uh, it was Mr. Snuff. Clearly, reading my Twitter, but there there are some intriguing external additions if they do go that way. Devin Tompkins, I don't know as a fit here. I just kind of like him as a player. Although if they want the speed, well, Tyquan Thornton's out; he's a burner. Bo Melton's the other really interesting one. If they are going to go external, Bo Melton, uh, Tyler Johnson kind of stands out too. I just he's a little redundant to Jacoby Myers, right? If they're going to go externally, I think you're going to go out and you get a guy that gives you what Tyquan Thornton would give you. You're you're going for speed. You're not going for intermediate. So. Uh, that's why, you know, a guy like Bo Melton would, would make more sense than, than a guy like Johnson.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, other side, right. Like for running backs, JJ J. Taylor, I think we saw the writing on the wall with him a few weeks back. And I think what's good for that is the fact that he was released and Kevin Harris, uh, probably bodes well for that injury that that Ty Montgomery suffered. Maybe it's not as bad as we think, because right now they got four, four running backs, right. Likely on the active roster, right. Pierre strong is safe. I think that's a guy that I don't know how much we'll see him this year, but I think he's in their future plans. Uh, so you have Stevenson, Harris, Montgomery, and Pierre Strong. I'd be really surprised if they were an IR one of them, or, or like like I said, there's a lot of things that could happen. Like JJ Taylor could likely probably be back on the practice squad, um, but I think that's good news in terms of Montgomery's ankle injury.
0: Yeah, so so there's a couple ways you can read that, and I I was surprised that they cut both of them. I figured one was going to go. Uh, you know, both going stands out a little bit, and you're right. That's certainly one of the things that can mean is that. Um, sorry, what w- one of the things that can mean is maybe Ty Montgomery's good to go to start the season. Like, I we did this during the draft. Oh, they have so much running back depth. Not really. It drops off tremendously after after Stevenson and Harris. If Montgomery's hurt, Pierre Strong was hurt most of camp. He's behind. I don't think they have a big role in store for him this year. Well, now you have two backs, right? So. Maybe it's time Montgomery is healthy, in which case they're probably okay. Maybe it's that one of those guys is coming back on the active roster and they just, you know, cut them and they think they can get them through waivers to get another transaction process. Uh, You know, maybe it's an external addition, but I I was a little surprised to see them both go. There's certainly another move coming there. I would be very surprised if they go into week one um, with just Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, and Pierre Strong is their only healthy running backs. Either, either Ty Montgomery is good to go or there's another move coming.
1: Right, or they could likely bring back Taylor and, and kind of spot start him, I guess, in a depth position if push comes to shove. But um, I think there's other, some interesting cuts. I, offensively, not so much, right? Like, I think Humphrey was a surprise to, to everybody. I thought they, he did enough to make the team uh, and yeah. certainly deserves a roster spot. We said it all. Camp, well, here's the thing. There's far. a
0: difference between doing enough to make the team and being a surprise cut. There's generally more than 53 players who do enough to make the team. That's why this is so hard. You're March Madness. Right, exactly. So it's, you know, it's saying, and I'm writing kind of my reactions for 98.5. They'll be up later tonight once we have the full roster. It's tough saying surprise cut after what happened with Cam Newton last year. Like, that's a surprise cut. That's, or even to a a lesser extent. But like what happened with Callan Mond in Minnesota, tire Alex Leatherwood and I know they weren't playing well but a top 100 pick cut a year cut not IR not traded cut a year after the selection is a surprise cut I don't think there was anything on that level from the Patriots but yeah I would say you know I think uh the running back situation as a whole neither individual guy getting cut stood out but both getting cut stood out call them notable cuts I think Humphrey's a notable cut I think Bethel's a notable cut. I think you could call Henry Anderson a notable cut. So they certainly did go a little bit against the grain today for sure.
1: Kind of switching over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, somebody that I was, I was big on coming in. I think a lot of people were, so I, I don't necessarily want it to, you know, vote as a, you know, a, a cold takes exposed, whatever it's called. Old takes exposed, right? Everybody was really big on Cameron McGrone. Um, and this yeah. has just been something that's gone on all camp. I just think he got passed on the depth chart and really hasn't uh, recovered fully from from that knee injury that he suffered late in the year. Uh, obviously, came out. He was viewed as a before the knee injury. He was viewed as a you know a top one to one twenty five pick. Yeah, people were drafting him. The Patriots drafted him in the fifth round, late, with the ex- expectation this guy's not going to play for you this year. Uh, and, and when, you know, we saw a lot of linebackers, Hightower, Van and Collins all depart, you figured magrone McMillan, you know, guys like Uche and, and Jennings would step up um, and kind of fill that void. I think where Cameron magrone lost his spot was, um, you know, the slow start to camp and really Anthony Jennings truly carving out a role for himself. Uh, I think those two kind of coming in, those off-ball linebackers, somebody that can kind of cover sideline to sideline, that, that, that was big for them um, to get Jennings healthy. But McGrone really showed nothing. I mean, he was playing late into preseason games in the second half, didn't see him run with the ones really at all down there. Um, so an unfortunate situation. I thought this guy could really help them, um, but it felt like he just never got his footing. This could be a guy, too, that they get back on the practice squad. There's only so many spots, so I'm probably going to say that about a lot of guys. Uh, but maybe somebody that they feel, hey, is a year away, he didn't show enough yet, will be able to sneak him through.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think, you know, you hear it all the time when guys are coming off ACL injuries that, oh, you know, it's really the second year back, you know, the first year back to transition here. It's the second year back that they're back in shape. And that's what stuck out to me about McGrone is just that the, ex- uh, the whole thing with him at, at, at Michigan is how explosive he was. And it just, that first step, that, that power off the, the 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 stance wasn't there. And it's not surprising for a guy coming off a serious knee injury to not see that. But he didn't have it. And he kind of needs it to be at his best. So like you said, I, th- I, so I thought they might IR him with that knee, you know, continued knee rehab. They're going to expose him. And we'll see if he gets claimed. But if, you know, if he doesn't, I think he's definitely a guy. I think he's a guy that'll have high priority to get back on the practice squad and you know revisit next year when his knee's in much better shape.
1: And the other I, I think the cornerback situation was was a little interesting too, right? We knew Juwan Williams was out uh for the year. Obviously, Malcolm Butler research injury settlement. I think he's officially retired now. Uh but those two guys no, when they really, were no,
0: he's, he's just really he so the injury settlement is basically the team's responsible for his rehab up until a certain point. So he's okay. still on IR until week six, and then he gets released. And he could, you know, he might want to retire or he could sign elsewhere. So that's, right. you know, he's Thanks still he's not done yet. Yeah, no problem. Just want to get um, that right. Don't want to break any no, you're news right. We're not breaking.
1: So obviously their only free agent signing besides Malcolm Butler, uh, I think, was, you know, I guess notable, uh, was Terrence Mitchell. This is a guy too that I thought you know, maybe they had high hopes for, it was kind of a, a, a calling back in March when they signed him that maybe they were starting to switch up, you know, the scheme. He was primarily a zone corner. I think this was his seventh team in eight years, something crazy like that. So I guess maybe he was never really viewed as a lock on the roster. Uh, But I think guys like, you know, Jack Jones looked really good the other night. Marcus Jones certainly has carved out a role for himself. Miles Bryant showing his versatility in the kicking game uh, as well as, you know, manning the slot. Then, you you know, Sean Wade, he's still kicking. I, I think that's a guy that I was pushing for for a long time. I thought he did a lot to – enough to make this team uh, and ultimately pushed out Terrence Mitchell. So um, cornerback room is still a little shaky. I think it showed last week, uh, you yeah, know, maybe to pump the brakes on, on how good this group can be. I guess not. Not necessarily a surprise on Mitchell, considering the younger guys stepping up, especially like Jack Jones and Sean Wade.
0: Yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's a young group. It's a very young group, and I, this is another spot again where I could see an external a- a- acquisition. Now, the market's not. You know, there's not as much of a market here. Or there's not as much on the market as there is it maybe running back, but. Yeah, you know, Mitchell, he had that hot start and then he never really built on it. And then they started moving Jonathan Jones to the boundary. And by the way, this probably means Jonathan Jones and the boundary is here to stay. They're they're counting on Jack Jones and Marcus Jones to do a lot. Marcus Jones, at the very least, can be a rotational slot corner spelling with 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 uh, Miles Bryant. And then I think on the boundary, Jack Jones is probably your third boundary corner right now. We'll see if they end up keeping Sean Wade. But even if they do, he's, he's you know, more of a tweener. I think after Jonathan Jones and Jalen Mills, it's Jack Jones. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out. They are putting a ton on the rookies at this position.
1: Right. And, and I think too, um, you know, Joshua Bledsoe a quarter, uh, you know, made the team. So when they look at safeties, they have six now, correct? You got Peppers, McCordy, Duggar, Bledsoe. That's five. Five. Okay. Unless you're counting
0: Bryant as a safety.
1: Nah, I feel like he's more of a corner, especially what we've seen him. Bledsoe,
0: Phillips, Duggar, Peppers, McCordy, yeah.
1: Five. Okay. Yeah, I think that was good from Bledsoe. I heard a lot of him early on in camp and then, you know, kind of made some flashy plays um, here and there. Jarred the ball loose against Carolina. Um, You know, good for a player like that. Somebody that was a late-round pick last year, battled a ton of injuries, got hurt at the Senior Bowl, then got hurt post-draft. Uh, and somebody that made the team uh, at, a, at a very crowded, right? You heard Bill Belichick say, it's no secret. Their strongest positional group is safety due to their versatility and the experience right. there. So props to a guy like that that you know, made a team in a competitive, uh, competitive group. We'll see how much we see him. I think he's probably going to be a little bit more of a special teamer this year. I don't know how much we'll see him. But you know, Jabril Pepper's coming off the ACL. Uh, you, know, you could see a guy like that kind of jump in uh, early on. I mean, they like him.
0: They'll give him some chances. And the other thing is, you know, Peppers is a guy who can play some slot corner too. So it gives them more freedom to move. And really can play everywhere, Peppers. So it gives them some more freedom to move him around. They've done that with Adrian Phillips a little bit. They've used him as, as you know, when tight ends line up in the slot, they've gone that way. So maybe it's it's opening it up for, for Adrian Phillips to do more of that, whatever. like they, I think they really like Bledsoe. I, I think they'll find a role for him. It may not be a big role, but it'll be a role.
1: Right. And I I guess too, unfortunate for for Henry Anderson, another guy that just did a lot last year, got hurt this year, kind of was on the outside looking in. Uh, I think they're probably opting to keep a younger guy like a Sam Roberts. There's a report out there who knows how valid it is that Carl Davis did make the team. Um, I think him and Lawrence Guy are probably your best two gappers on the team. I, I think Davis is a guy that, he's not going to wow you, but, um, you know, he he seemingly always gets the job done. He's very good against the run. Somebody that's just pretty stout, uh, that doesn't necessarily have any bad plays, right? Like he's not going to stand out in the box or kind of like a Lawrence guy in yeah. a sense where they just do the right thing every time. Uh, and I think a well-deserved roster spot, if he's able to kind of keep it. I know Anderson's more of an edge, right. And they got Uche and, and, and Judon and guys like that there. So it's tough for him to make it, but, uh, You know, I I think overall their front seven is probably their least of their worries for my for my, I guess, opinion all right real quick we want to take a pause and tell you about our sponsor bet online bet online the fastest easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with the first to market odds and lines and of course the patriots beat podcast and the entire clns media network is powered by bet online find reviews and news of every league including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports esports and even golf bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting props and futures they have it all so head to bet online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet use our code clns50 to receive 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit once again the code is clns50 receive 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts
0: yeah no i mean i feel pretty good about their front seven the interesting one now is So we know Sam Roberts is on, we know Henry Davis is off. Do they go young all the way and do they keep LeBron Ray over Carl Davis? Do they keep Carl Davis to add, you know, veteran? Do they keep both guys? I think it's possible too. So that we're we're waiting on that one right now. I would hope they keep Ray. I really do. I just, he can play multiple spots. He can play them well. He's a talented player. They'll, he'll play, he'll play somewhat regularly uh, and he'll play in a bunch of different situations over the next three or four years. I I would hope they keep him. We'll see, but that's the guy, you know, I feel pretty good about their front with him and Roberts as depth options. If it's, you know, I think Carl Davis is really good at what he does. And I had, I had him on, I, I, I had all three of them on, but I, you know, there's some other stuff I didn't have. So I, I would like to see them keep all three, but we'll see. Again, it's just, it's tough to do this right now when we know like half the roster.
1: Right. I know. And and I wonder too, from the tight ends, you, you really think, They'll cut Matt Sokol, I think, with... Are they going to go into week one with two tight ends? Yeah.
0: Oh, I could I could totally buy that. And, you know, they'll they'll sign somebody, whether it's Ossie or Sokol or whoever, to the practice squad. And then they can elevate that guy when they need, when they feel like they need three tight ends. But in reality, most of the time when they use that third tight end, it's a blocker on the goal line. So they'll throw... An, they can just throw an offensive lineman out there and be fine. I think it's more of a long-term depth injury thing. Little Michael Umwenu on, on goal line sets. So, right. So, I you know, I... <laughs> I'd be kind of surprised if they end up sticking with... If they end up keeping three tight ends.
1: And I know... I think there's nine more to go.
0: I don't think you've seen any.
1: Right? And there's obviously some... At this point... Right. They're not going to keep two kickers. Or, you know...
0: At this point, I think if they're not out there, the reporters aren't getting them. We're just waiting on the Patriots to release the roster now.
1: So any... I guess to put it this way, any external from guys that were cut today that are viewed maybe as a surprise or some veterans at some key spots, right? A corner, maybe a swing tackle, right? Cause they still have Haran could just, right. You assume Wynn and Brown are on the team, do you really need to keep two swing tackles, right? Like Haran could be on the outside looking in. I think just has certainly done enough. I, I, you know, it depends on how many offensive linemen. I think they tend to keep nine or nine. Eight they or like nine. to keep eight or nine. They They like
0: right. to keep eight or nine. So, you know, the starting five, James Ferrance, and then that's six. And then that one tackle, whether it's Kajust or Haran, is seven. And then is Yasir Durant the eighth? Do they go with the veteran or do they go? You know, we know Cody Russi didn't make it or only hammer. I don't know who else it would be. So at this point, it's basically – Hines they keeping, could be Hines. It be could Hines. be high. Is high? I thought – oh, no, maybe not. So, yeah, you know, we're just kind of waiting on those last couple of guys. If you want to talk externally to some people, bringing up Alex Leatherwood in the chat – That is an interesting one to me. And I know he he really washed out in Vegas. 17th overall pick a year ago gets waived already. What I would encourage people to remember is you see a lot of that when it's a new group, like a new coach, GM, they want their guys. Minnesota cut three of their top five picks from last year. They had five top 100 picks that cut three of those guys today. They have a new GM and a new head coach. I wouldn't claim Leatherwood. I wouldn't put in a claim off waivers. It's a somewhat significant investment in his contract and he does need some work. He does need to improve, but he's an Alabama guy so they can go get, you know, the Intel from Saban. They saw him up close last week at joint practices in Vegas. If they think it's fixable, you know, signing him to a one year, you know, $900,000 deal. You, you pump it full of incentives
1: especially too and to with tackle depth. It's not and the worst both idea. In the your world. tackles are, are wins up at the end of the year. And, and I believe Brown is, no, he's, his got deal one was more like a year, right. And he, but they're both,
0: they're both injury prone too. So again, right. you're not bringing him in to start him. You're not bringing him in and then trading Isaiah win. Even if they, you know what? If nobody signs him, you bring him in on the practice squad. I just think he kind of has all the makings of a Patriots reclamation project. And, and
1: you have to figure too, he's going to get signed because those first round picks, they always seemingly at second. I don't third, know. And, He's not going to get weighed. He's not going to get claimed. I would be really surprised if he gets claimed. He
0: may, you know, and this is the advantage the Patriots have: is the practice squad in New England. When you know it's the he has the Bill Belichick connection through both McDaniel's and Saban. Is the practice squad in New England better than a bench role in like Jacksonville or Detroit or some franchise? Breaking. Demarcus Mitchell has made the team.
1: Demarcus Mitchell has made the Gordon team Hill. to keep the undrafted free agent streak okay, alive. So there we go. Uh, I Mark don't Dangles. think
0: he's going to be the only one, but there
1: we go. Lebron Ray, another one. Schooler, or yeah, are on, or you just you? No, I'm just I'm stuff. going off the undrafted, right? Like who could yeah. be potentially guys that, um, you know, may may make the team.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, those are all the guys. But yep, they get their one. Demarcus Mitchell.
1: Which is interesting. I, mean, I think that's more of a guy who you'll see on special teams. Considering, you know, I don't think we saw him much, um, right? I mean, that, that's probably a role for him.
0: Yeah. Oh no, he's a special teams guy.
1: I think so. That's. I don't have the math in front of me. You have. You, you probably have the math. And sorry, this is very conversational. We're trying to react as as fast as you guys are, but. Considering locks, like how, where are they at? Forty, they got to be at like forty-five. Considering the three quarterbacks, right? Yeah, you no, know,
0: we just figured to say it's, it's really like three or four more spots we're waiting on.
1: Which is Sean Wade, uh, Wilkerson.
0: So it's 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 Sean Wade, it's Wilkerson, it's it's Chasen Hines, Yaseer Yaseer Durant, Justin Haran, Yadni Kajus, uh, Lebron Ray, Carl Davis, and I think that's pretty much it. I think it's those, it's like three or four spots for those guys you right know, now. If you, you don't want put vibe in, in the bubble? No, he's the making bubble. the team. Bill told us he's going to make the team. This is insane. They never tell us anything. He comes out. He says, this guy's going to play a big role for us. He plays a big role throughout the preseason with a bunch of other roster locks. And we're like, ah, I still don't know. Like He's done everything short of of calling each and every one of us personally and telling us Devye's going to make the team. I'm not saying that Devye should make the team, but – He's I'm not here to tell you necessarily what I would or wouldn't do in this context. I'm here to tell you what I think they will do. That's what this show is. Jelani Tavai is making this team.
1: Right. Right. Now, I, I mean, it's LeBron Ray. Could that be another undrafted guy? I, I, that's no, another, I, I, it's, there's it's no LeBron chance. Ray... There's no chance he gets through too. I mean, he's another guy that showed, I don't want to say no chance. Cause there certainly is a chance, but I feel like a guy. it was, was it really between him and Roberts? I know Roberts kind of more. That's what as it an felt edge, like. Well, right? it also but...
0: felt like it was between Demarcus Mitchell and and Brendan Schooler. So now we see what happens with Schooler. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it, I... it, it was. It was really between Ray Roberts and I mean. Now we wait
1: on Carl Davis too. Right. So I, I guess a lot to be intrigued about. Like I said, I don't. I don't think there was any. Surprises today? Maybe Humphrey. I guess you could throw him in because I thought I, I, again
0: Humphrey. I I think Bethel was a surprise. I mean, we'll see. They still could make another move.
1: Right. And I guess while we kind of wait for that, because we've kind of gone yeah. over all the cuts, let's talk about the football team in general, like what they've shown. We haven't talked since last week, Alex. Yeah. Uh, your overall thoughts? Not to get too much into the preseason game. It's over with now. We're looking forward to Week One, the 53-man roster is getting finalized as we speak, right? It's time for some real football, but I want to ask you your level of concern for this team, primarily on the offensive side of the ball, because, you know, like we talked about, it hasn't been the most, you know, juiciest camp, I guess you can say from a media and headline perspective, right? You had some roster battles. Like it was kind of just self-made with like, you know, what they'll do at corner and wide receiver. It was, it was too Two years of quarterback competitions. Now it was like, okay, this is a normal camp now. Um, but I think the theme of our show, the theme of the the, the preseason, really is this offense and what's going on with it. You got bullied by the number two team. Most of the number twos for the Raiders. My guy Jarrett Sittin' carving up the Patriots' number one defense. I meant to text you on Thursday. It was it was music to my ears. It was great. I think that <laughs> not to go on a rant, but yeah, um, yeah. Just your overall thoughts on like. You know, what's going on and what needs to be fixed? Are you are you hitting the panic button? I'm not worried about the defense. I think
0: everything that the defense did is fixable, right? You know, some of that was just you're not watching tape. You're not necessarily game planning. So guys are more likely to get sucked in on things like play action, all of that, which is where Stidham really beat them. The touchdown run where they failed to set the edge. You had Josh Uche there as the edge setter. That's not his role. He's a pass rusher. You know, in a regular season game, that's that's going to be Lawrence guy. Uh, Devon Godshaw, maybe LeBron Ray, if he makes the team like they you're putting guys out there to see what they'll do. You're not necessarily putting them in the right spot. So that's all fixable. I'm not super worried about the defense. They're not going to be the 85 bears, but I, I don't, th- you know, a lot of what went wrong for them in that game is just simple preseason stuff that should not and likely won't be an issue in week one. I'm a little more worried about the offense because as I've said a number of times on the show, You know, when people say, why are you complaining? It's still August. They still have time to get better. Well, now they kind of don't, right? It's not that they were good. Right. It's not that they were good. It's that there was no progress. So I think they look good when they don't do that outside zone stuff. When they put Mac in the gun, four wide, five wide, paint by number, like he can run that and the offense can run that. And I think they have better personnel for that this year than they did last year. It's just, are they going to do it right it's this million dollar question of all right well they ran the zone the outside zone stuff to death in camp is that because it's new and they wanted to drill it more and they just didn't uh they they just didn't run anything else cuz they felt good about it or did they drill it a ton because they're really going to run it a ton we won't know until week 1 that's kind of the question if they're going to cuz they always ran a little outside zone they run a little bit of everything they're a game plan team if they're going to only run like two or three outside zone runs a game and go back to that, you know, shotgun spread, maybe Alabama fight a little bit offense, they'll be in good shape. You know, again, they're not going to be the 07 Patriots, but they'll be okay. They'll be basically what they were last year, maybe a little better depending on how the offensive line holds up. If they still hammer this outside zone and it's, you know, 50%, 60% of what they do, it's, it's going to look a little ugly.
1: And the other thing too is, the, the, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but we haven't talked about it for a reason, but I think there's there's reason to now. The play call, like what is going on, right? Like is this going to work? Bill, and I'm not, we're not a hot take show. I, like I'm not one of those guys. I know you're not either, but it almost it feels like Bill Belichick has, is wearing too many hats. Like can he get his defense ready to play? I, I think Gerard Mayo and, and Steve Belichick, have done it long enough, and have shown that they can, you know, they can handle it for the for the time being. It, it, what is going on? Like, I, I don't understand their their offensive line play, which has been an anchor for them. And I know they have four new starters, but you have three, four guys that have played for you for the last two years. Brown, Wynn, and Andrews have. I know Win and, and Brown have switched spots, but they've played multiple meaningful games. Andrews, obviously, I, I, when I lump in the offensive line, I don't think it's him at all. I know you have no. a, a rookie left guard and Michael Omwenu, who, who's shown again that he's probably better off as a tackle. Uh, I, I, you know, the four new starters thing is, is getting too late for me too because it's not like they have, you know, four guys that have never played here. I know it's a scheme change and everything like that, but you can't play quarterback. You can't run an efficient offense if you can't pass block or, or get any sort of, you know, push up front. Like it's just, it's proven that's football one-on-one. And I think there's an issue there. Yeah, it's, But like, so again, that doesn't, the whole play
0: calling thing to me, you're not really calling plays in the preseason. Like. And
1: they're the not, tri- I know they're not trying to give away things that they're going to run. Right. right? It's, so it's very, it's very
0: vanilla. It's, it's the, it's the concepts, which is, we don't know where it's coming from. It could be Bill. It could be Matt Patricia. It could be Joe judge. Right. I, I again, that's what it comes down to me. It's the overall concept of the offense. If, it doesn't matter who's calling the plays. If the plays you're relying on don't work, you can have whoever you want call them. So, you know, they all, after that game, they, you know, the players and coaches, the two words that came up a lot were, were fundamentals and execution. And they seem to think that when they execute, you know, it's not a matter of they can't run what they want to run. It's that the fundamentals aren't where they need to be individually for anything to work as a, as a unit, right? It's not like we're 12 days away from week one. Right. But so that's why I think they're going to keep trying to run it. Cause they just think they can clean the fundamentals up. Like it's not, trust me there, there's plenty to be annoyed at Matt Patricia for. Did, did, getting on him for the play caller thing. It's way too early for that. That's not what this is.
1: Yeah. I, it's another guy with too many hats, right? Like I know he came right. into the league as an offensive line coach, but it's been what, 20 years really, since he's focused on that group, Um, you know, while you're trying to implement a new scheme. And, and I I don't know, maybe our hopes were just high because we heard of, you know, the improvements and kind of that modernizing their offense, but it's funny. Like, I don't want to go down too much of a bad path, but the people that consistently complained about Josh McDaniels and wanting a new offensive play caller is like, this is what you get. And I know they probably could have, but here's the thing.
0: So, and I've said this before, but, Changing the scheme isn't, wasn't necessarily a bad idea in its own right. And you the time to do that is when you move on from an offensive coordinator. There's certainly benefits in the Patriots changing the scheme they were running under Tom Brady. We, we get asked this question all the time. Why can't the Patriots develop wide receivers? Their scheme's part of it. I don't want to say it's archaic, but the college game is just so different from the pro game at this point you're really asking a ton of these guys when they come in as rookies to pick up what the Patriots old scheme was. So the issue is not that they changed the scheme. The issue is that they changed the scheme to this. They could have changed it to more of a spread. Again, I'll say what Alabama runs like that would have made a lot of sense. And I think we'd all be praising the scheme change and it would have accomplished a lot of what they want to accomplish in terms of simplifying the offense, right? It's that they're doing this and they did it with a reworked offensive line. That's where, you know, that's where it kind of starts to fall apart. You're changing a scheme that's not a fit for your personnel because there's like Michael Owen is not a bad player, he's not, but they're not asking him to do what he does best. He's a mauler. You know, it's, it's that guy in front of you, push him over and he's great at that. When you ask him to pull and get out in front and make blocks in space, I mean, he's not that player. Just like you take one of the, you know, 295-pound guards in San Francisco, you put him in the old Patriots system. Even if he looks great in San Francisco, he's not going to look great here. So that, again, that, that to me is what the struggle is. It's not Matt Patricia's calling bad plays. It's that they just, it feels like they're trying to put a square peg in a round hole offensively, and they don't need to do it. I think they have some talent on offense, and they can be the unit they were maybe a little bit better if they go back to it. It's just a matter of if and when they go back to it.
1: Yeah, and and I mean, Bill said it today that he views September as an extended chance of the preseason. Um, you know, but you got you got some tough games, right? Like you're going to Miami, uh, you're going to Pittsburgh, you host Baltimore. I forget Week Four. You probably know it better than me off the top of your head, but Green Bay, Green Bay, yeah, Green right? Bay. Like so, those are I, that's really not an extended. Uh, look at the preseason, in my opinion, you get a divisional opponent in a, in a building that you've struggled with for years. Uh, who knows what's going on in Pittsburgh. Then you get Lamar Jackson, a former MVP. You get uh, the last two MVP winners in the last three years in weeks, three and four. So, and I know those guys play offense. Uh, and your defense is probably least of your, of your concerns right now, considering. Well, but uh, you're going to need to put up points in those games. Right. And but the, I mean, I guess that's the point I'm trying to make is that, yeah, you can look at it as an extended view of the preseason, but like, when are you going to rip this up and just say, let's go back to our roots? Because is it going to take an 0-4 start? Because then you're you're looking down a, you know, a dark hole there. Like, it's real hard to turn your season around there.
0: Right. No, that's kind of the point is when is, you know, when is enough enough? And I think a lot of people pointed to the end of the preseason. If it's still not working by then, then enough is enough. Well, here we are. So now we wait, we wait for week one and we see just how much of it they do.
1: Alex, I know we're kind of counting down here. The last few roster cuts, what they'll do for IR moves. I guess any any final thoughts for you, or, or you know anything you're looking for? We'll be back here. We'll have to talk. But we'll definitely Thursday, do another couple probably. shows this week, um, yeah. just to get a final look. You know what? Right, because there'll be IR moves to come in the next you know day or two. They'll yeah, have their are kind
0: of settled by Thursday night, so we can do a show probably you know later in the day on Thursday
1: and figure it out. That works for me. I have your right. world's famous hobby. Um, I have a fantasy draft late Thursday night, big one. So uh, I'm, yeah. I'm looking for so some good luck maybe, from you. I know you you legitimately don't care because you hate fantasy. Maybe uh, we'll
0: we'll uh, have people in the chat give you fantasy advice
1: before <laughs> before oh, your draft, and we'll say you have to pick one of them.
0: You I have to I, try to
1: wedge in one. I can't believe you still don't play that. Somebody that's in tune as you are. It's so it's,
0: one, I don't think it's an accurate representation of, of real football, right? Like absolutely Patrick not. Mahomes is on everybody's do not draft list. All right, so it's not the people who claim to like who are like fantasy experts who claim to be like NFL experts, you're not. No, you know, it's a different it's a completely thing. different game. It's a different game. And so that bugs me. I think the the uh impact of fantasy has shifted the game to this more, you know, offense, heavily offensive favored shootout style, which is fun occasionally, not all the time. And also like I work on Sundays when I played fantasy, my favorite thing was sitting down watching red zone and like refreshing my phone and seeing the points pop up one at a time, you know, just checking it at the end of the day and seeing what happened. Doesn't do it for me. I want to see it in real time. So when I'm working every Sunday, like that's a huge part of the draw is just out the window. So yeah, I just, it, it doesn't do it for me.
1: That's all right. So we'll, um, like I said, we could pop on tomorrow, I guess if something not crazy, but newsworthy, pops up maybe they yep. start to make some ir moves some some practice squad moves that typically like you said comes in later in the, you know you'll start to see some moves fizzle in tomorrow and then like you said thursday they'll we'll have a, a look at their you know their week one roster um like you said thornton will be ir'd someone like that right so that opens up a spot right. for somebody that they'll probably try to get on the practice squad and, and elevate him so um Like I said from the beginning, nothing really crazy to to kind of go over with. It's I'm I'm happy camp's over. I'm happy the roster's finalized. We can now get into I guess game week for me and you, where it's all right. Let's do a game preview. Let's recap the game. It's we're we're all on schedule here. We're all on schedule.
0: Let's just I know you're trying to wrap it up here. Let's wait two more minutes because these big you know brand accounts do like to kind of post on the quarter hours. So if we wrap this now, we don't have to wait till six thirty. But if we wrap this now and they post the roster at six fifteen, I'm going to be pissed. Like, any questions, any questions in the chat real quick? Here? Like last
1: time when we just got off and, and Mal- Malcolm Butler was IR'd. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like, um, I'll, I'll yeah, up, I guess we could use this, this final couple minutes here. Do a little Q um, and A here real quick.
0: Yeah. Anybody. Uh, thoughts on Slade Bolden getting cut? No. Much better receivers out there.
1: Much better Especially because you cut two guys that were better than him. You know, yeah. I was a big Slade Bolden guy coming out, but. Cap update. I'm sorry, I cannot do that. That's I don't think so. Is either. <laughs> when
0: Miguel Miguel Benson Pat's cap, when he says you have to wait, uh, you know, to to figure out the number, you have to wait to figure out the number. If that guy doesn't have it, nobody has it. So, uh, I guess check back in tomorrow for that, or check in with Miguel for that. Um, I would need like a mental reset to do this because I have all the names from the current roster in my head right now. This might be interesting to do on Thursday. I feel like I get to go amount of them. I don't know if I get all of them, but I feel, I, I think I could do like 80%. That's a really good trivia question. Um, see winter Brown. No, it, it, unless somebody gets really stupid and desperate for Isaiah win. Like if the Cowboys come to you and say, we lost Tyron Smith. We think we're a Super Bowl contender. We need a left tackle. Here's a third round pick. Here's a top 100 pick. That's the only way they do it. They're not going to move him for anything less than a significant overpay because the drop off at this point, as we've seen is pretty big. So I, I don't think they move when Brown's not getting dealt. I don't think they move when
1: you're muted. You're muted. Can we, can we pop back? I'm sorry. I, I like are. this there one. Team no, captain prediction. I know. No, it's not a good big one. Predictors. Um, I think Mac Jones has a chance to be a captain this year. You, you'd kind of figure we've heard some rumblings from the guys say, you know, this is his team. So I'll go with him. I'll go with David Andrews, Devin McCourty, Matthew Slater, What else am I missing?
0: Well, so, okay. So here's the thing. I think this is pretty easy. They had five captains last year. David Andrews, Dante Hightower, Devin McCourty, Matthew Slater, and James White. Those are five captains. Andrews, McCourty, Slater, all back. Logically, all captains again. So you got to replace James White and Dante Hightower.
1: Mac Jones. It's Mac Jones and Juwan Bentley. I was going to say, or Adrian Phillips. Well, so
0: Bentley was a captain in 2020 when Hightower opted out. So I would think Bentley, honestly, if I was going to go anything— if they still think Mac's too young, I could see Damian Harris being a captain. Yeah. I could see that. That guy's very popular in that locker room. And how
1: many running Big backs across the league? By. I know it's it's right. It's not, like the, it's not like hockey, right, where you get to see in the chest. You got to handle stuff like, you know, between the whistles, talking to the refs. I don't well, know if there's many running backs that are team captains.
0: More, uh, that's not common. What would be really odd about it, though, is a player in a contract year. Right, you know, as I, Devin McCourty's different because he's year to year, and he might retire and all that. But like Damien Harris, a young guy in the last year of his rookie deal, being a captain would be uh, not totally unheard of, but it, it would be a little outside the norm. I,
1: I gotta bring this one up because yeah. this guy just stays—he stays winning, Jimmy G. Right? <laughs> I know he restructured deal. This guy's made so much money. He person can. Continues to win, Alex. This guy wins in all assets of his life. He's uh, does he win or is he in a winning environment? He's
0: been paid eighty thousand dollars per drop back.
1: That's what I mean. He wins and
0: he's what's his record as a starter? Like, okay, but here's what I would say if the 49ers had an actually good quarterback, how many rings or, and the coach is part of it too, they don't have a good coach, but if they had a coach who could manage a clock and a quarterback who knew what he was doing. They'd have rings. They would have multiple rings, right? Like I oh, just, yeah. I don't, I don't see it with well, Jimmy. Cause first of all, I'll tell you this. think
1: about, what do you think about this with Trent? And I know they probably didn't get any suitors, right? I, I think Mayfield a, was kind eternal. of a given that he'd be dealt because of his team. He's on the last year of his rookie right. deal. Nobody wanted but to take f- on a $26 million cap. Absolutely. Not. But what does that mean for a guy like, like a guy that you sat behind last year? And I know they've, they've made it known. This is your team. And I know we're talking about the Niners, but I think it's fascinating where it's like, and I don't want to call Jimmy as a polarizing figure, right? Because I think part of the reason Cam was cut last year was you didn't want a big guy with a you know a big presence. Right. Uh, don't know, compare just Jimmy pressure to Cam of, like of that. Turning. I, what? I wouldn't compare Jimmy to Cam like that because Cam's been an MVP. No, and I'm not. But it's like e. this guy was your guy, and he's still there while you're trying to turn the franchise over. It's just an interesting little nugget to that whole se- – they completely screwed it up. And I know now, Jimmy's we, shoulder oh, no.
0: surgery – they completely like, butchered the whole situation, but I I don't know how popular Jimmy is in that locker room versus Cam was people. Lo- the, the players loved Cam in New England. They did. Uh, You know, say what you will about his play. He had that law. Lo- I, I was a little surprised. He wasn't a captain that year. I think he was like an unofficial captain. Jimmy Garofalo is not getting voted captain of the San Francisco 49ers. No. I, they, they, they blew that. They butchered that. Jimmy wasn't the guy. He was never the guy. I know people think that the Patriots maybe, didn't get enough back for him. I think the Niners overpaid because me personally, I like my quarterback to play more than 10 games. If you count, so I'm not counting the years that he was behind Brady. Right. And I'm not counting when he first got to San Francisco and they said, we're not going to play him right away. We want him to learn the offense and all that. Right. But if you count the games, he was supposed to play when Tom Brady was suspended. And then his first start on in San Francisco, how many games he should have started the number's right around 50%. If you look at how many games he's actually finished in his career compared to the games he should have finished, was standing at the final whistle, it's under 50%. I don't care what he did. And, you know, even if he was tremendously talented, that to me is not a starting NFL quarterback. And then you add the fact that he's one of the most turnover-prone quarterbacks in the league. Jimmy Garoppolo, to me, Is kind of like Ben Simmons. I don't know. People think he's good because the narrative is just out there that he's good. There's not much backing up the narrative. It's just a narrative that's existed so people see. I mean, he's won games though, Barth. Like he wins games. You know what I mean? He is not, not, but but what has he done to contribute to those wins? So for I'll give you an example of a game he's won, Ryan. In 2019, when they went, they beat the Packers in the NFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl, right? Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball eight times in that game. And by the way, don't compare this to Mac Jones throwing the ball three times in Buffalo. That was in a hurricane. It was more or less ideal conditions to throw that. It wasn't super windy, right? That is the fewest passing attempts for a winning quarterback in a conference championship game since 1973. Since 1973. So when you talk about Jimmy won games, yeah, he won that game. And then they went to the Super Bowl. Ran the crap out of the ball. And what happened when they started having Jimmy throw it the fourth quarter? They blew a 14-point lead. Jimmy Garoppolo has been on a team that has won a lot of games. Jimmy Garoppolo has not necessarily himself won a lot of games. Where is this roster?
1: Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I, I said, like, well, yeah, we can now. anything that wraps up, we can kind of touch base on later in the week. Expect a show from us on Thursday. Uh, I won't get it. I could talk about Jimmy G and argue with you for an hour. We'll we'll save that for uh, uh, another another time when he takes over for Trey Lance in like week four, um, and I'll just say I told you so, Alex. Kidding, but not. Oh, I'm not necessarily saying Trey Lance is right either. No, they should I have mean, taken. It, it's funny had... to me because the Niners could have had Mac Jones or and they Justin also, Fields, or yeah, or no, or just could have drafted Tom Brady 20 years ago. Like they had multiple well, okay, chances. So yeah, it's yeah, it's but... funny with with the little Patriots wrinkle at that position that makes me just root for them to another former Patriots quarterback to to succeed there. You know what I mean? It's just, but that's just they, funny even, to me. But even just the last year, they
0: could take in Mac Jones or Justin Fields who were better quarterbacks. And they didn't. Yeah. I mean, he's they, played
1: 15 more games since high school than me or you. So <laughs> like, yeah, it, n- I, I never just, understood it. But like I said, yeah. I mean, with that quarterback, we'll, with that coach, we'll see. It could be a, a complete disaster or he could light the league on fire. Like I have no expectations. I haven't seen enough of them. I'm happy. Yeah. They got their guy that they got last year. Um, but yeah, that's all, uh, enough ranting about the 49ers. I could do it for hours. Barth, I appreciate it. Everybody tuning in. It was a great show. Uh, the chat was popping today. So, uh, we'll talk to you guys later on this week. Like I said, keep a, keep a note out for, from the Twitter account as to when we'll be live, but we'll kind of break down the, the final 53 man roster. Um, you know, another point this week. So take care and we'll talk to everyone later on next week.